I want to jump into the message today, and I, I think I'm going to pick up where we left off last week, if that's okay. If you missed the message last week, you probably should make some time to go to our YouTube channel and check that out, because it was fire. Come on, who's fired up in this place? I know, man. And so we, we did a message called, That's My Church, and now it's turning into a mini-series. We'll see where we go after today. Um, but last week, we, we, we made a few statements about who we are as a church. And we said we're a church that's full of faith. Yes. Amen. We believe. And you say, well, I, I'm struggling with my faith. That's okay. Because we're going to help you to believe. That's the kind of church we want to be. We want to be the kind of church that, that you know without a doubt those people believe God. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. There could be some confidence with that. But... But ultimately, we want to be a church that leads people to Jesus, help people to find Jesus, help people to know him, help people to follow him. That's what we are called to do. We're that church. Amen. How many of y'all, you ever have one of them churches where when everybody talked about them, it was like, oh, that church. Let's just be that church that leads people to Jesus. Amen. Oh, that's that church. They just lead people to Jesus. I want to be that church. Okay. But I also want to be that church that helps people find healing. Amen. The world's in need of healing. People need some healing, man. And I think we are called to be that church. But we also want to be a church that makes room for more. Makes room for more of what God's doing. Make room for more people. Look around this room today. We need some more room. Come on. That's why we're doing some more service. We're going to do two of them. But today I want to go to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis 28 verse 10 through 22, going all the way into the Old Testament to find something to bring to us today. How many of y'all like the Old Testament? How many of y'all, you say, come on, how many of y'all will be real honest and say, I like some of it? <laughs> how many of you lean more New Testament? Yeah, look at the hands, okay. How many of y'all just like the Bible? There we go, amen, amen. I'm going to take you to the Old Testament today, Genesis chapter 10, uh, 28 verse 10 through 22. And when we begin to read, you'll say, oh, I know this story. So let's jump in. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. And when he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. I like that he reached a certain place because I think we all reach a certain place in our life. You know what I'm talking about? I reached the place in my life where I realized this is what's about to happen to Jacob. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and laid down to sleep. And he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And there above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you, like that, through you and your offspring. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. And when, jo when Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, Surely the Lord is in this place, 
and I was not aware of it. That just hits you. The Lord was in this place, and I was not aware of it. There's somebody here today, and you didn't know they were here. You're sitting on this side of the room. They're on that side of the room. And that's one thing when it's a person, but it's another thing when it's God, when he's in the place, and I didn't realize that he was there. Verse 17, he was afraid and said, and I love this, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. Used to be called Luz. I know when you read it, you thought it was Luz. I studied it this week. It's Luz. That's good to know. Because some of us have been living in Loserville. It's time to go to Bethel, the house of God. Anyway, I just couldn't wait to share that one part. Maybe you call that preacher cheese, whatever. But I said it. There you go. Mm. Then Jacob made a vow saying, God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's household then the Lord will be my God. And this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house. And all, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. Don't worry, I'm not preaching on tithing today. But it's in there. Today, we're going to do this part two of That's My Church. And the title of the message today is People, Place, and Dreams. People, Place, and Dreams. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're here and anything can happen. Our hearts are open to hear from your word. Today, I pray you will speak to every person. God, speak through me. Let me be a voice for you and help me to do it right. Help me to say it the way you want it said. Father, I pray that after we're finished today, that we're closer to you than when we started today, that we're, we're longing for you more than what we did when we started. Holy Spirit, only you can change our hearts, and that's what I ask you to do. Walk the aisles of this room. Touch every heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Dreams. I want to talk about that for a second, because I don't know about you, but I have some crazy dreams. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Um, I don't always remember them, but Cynthia always tells me you were dreaming last night. I'm like, how can you tell? She's like, you move a lot when you dream. And there was this one dream I had. This was years ago. I had a dream that I was being chased by this guy with a tree branch. Go ahead and laugh. I, I'm not talking about mama chasing you with a switch that you had to go find for her in the yard. Come in, how many of y'all from that generation? How many mamas you did that? Get find me a switch. Okay, all right. Good, there's the right people here. No, 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 this wasn't a switch. This was a branch. And I don't know quite what prompted that kind of dream, but all I know is this guy was chasing me, and I was running. And I'm not usually one to run from a fight. Seriously, I, I'm usually more confrontational than that. And, uh, but this guy was chasing me, and I was running. And uh, this, was, uh, this was when we were living in Louisiana, and the church that I was at, in the dream, I was running to where my office is. 
And the guy was coming with the branch, and I had just opened the door, and the guy was still coming. And I guess maybe I have reverence for the house of God and didn't want to cause a scene on the church property. You know what I'm saying? Because I would have fought the dude. And that's not pride. That's just some old me that the Lord's still working on, okay? And so uh, when I opened the door, it had the reflection so you can see that the guy was still coming. And right before he got to me, I turned around and I said, in the name of Jesus, stop. But I said it out loud while Cynthia was sleeping. And when I was running, I was really moving my feet in the bed. So if you're having problems with sleep, well, (laughs) maybe somebody's contributing. Because I was contributing that night. I was running in my sleep, and she told me, what is wrong with you? I was like, baby, I was in danger. (laughs) But I said it out loud, in the name of Jesus, stop. And he stopped, and he dropped the branch. I felt pretty good, because it stopped the guy. But I've learned that uh, dreams can be weird sometimes, amen? Come on, anybody had a weird dream lately? And uh, I don't know if it's from some of the stuff that we're watching on TV or some of the stuff that we're eating, you know what I'm saying, or the music. I don't know what it is. All I know is I've had some weird dreams sometimes. And sometimes when you have those weird dreams, it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder what that means. You know what I'm talking about? You ever wondered? It was like so crazy. It was like, that's got to mean something. That's got to mean something. And then you start reading the Bible and they're having dreams like, oh, God, something's happening in my life. I don't know what to do. But dreams, man, they, they have this power. And sometimes they could just mess us up for a little bit. But God can also give us some good dreams too, y'all. Some good things. And I think about uh, the speech that Martin Luther King Jr. gave, the I Have a Dream speech. I love that. That's motivating, man. That's one of those let's go kind of dreams. And he had this dream, and it's, it's been motivating and moving people for generations now. And when I look at this story with Jacob, God gave him a dream that's been moving people for generation after generation after generation. And believe it or not, sitting in this room today, you and I are still living as a fulfillment to the dream that God gave to this man, Jacob. And you say, well, I don't know him. Well, we're going to introduce Jacob to you a little bit today, and I hope to help you see how what God started with this man is still going today in our lives. So in Genesis 28, this guy Jacob, he is the son of Isaac, and his grandfather is Abraham. Now, you don't have to be around church a whole lot to know who Abraham is, am I right? And if you did grow up in church, especially as a little kid in old school, school, Sunday school, and children's church, you learned the song, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, so let's just ride on. Okay, yeah, there we go, man. I know a bunch of you, you were doing everything to hold on to your seat because you're ready to jump up and start breaking it down. I know, I felt it. Good thing I stopped you. But this guy, Jacob, uh, his his family legacy is pretty powerful. Whenever your grandfather, Abraham, is known as the father of the faith, no pressure on you, am I right, when you're that kid, when you're that grandkid. It's a little bit to live up to. But he's in this in-between place 
because he's trying to figure out his place. In fact, all of his life, that's what he's been trying to do. He's been trying to figure out his place because you see, he wasn't the oldest son. He was born a few minutes after the oldest son, his brother Esau. And if you have siblings, you know there's this sibling rivalry that just comes naturally. And there's nothing that a mom or a dad can do to, to stop it. Can I hear an amen? It's just there. And mama's trying her best, but mama got her own rivalry with her own siblings. Am I right? Seriously, dad's trying to stop it. He's still got his rivalries. And so there's this rivalry. And, and Jacob was so desperate to find his place. That when his father was on his deathbed giving his birthright, he deceived his father by striking up a deal with his brother. And his brother basically sold out the birthright of the oldest son to his brother Jacob. Okay, And Jacob had to go in the room disguised as his brother Esau to try to get the father's blessing. You talk about striving, trying to get in a place... And can I tell you, this is the place that so many people find themselves in, striving and deceiving, trying to manipulate and work the system to find their place. And all that's happening here, the root of this is just a man, a son, a grandson who's trying to find his place. And now here he is years later, and he's running from his family. He's running from his brother because all he can think is my brother is mad at me because I ripped him off. I deceived the family. Family, and this guy is basically running for, he's running for his life, but really he's running from his past and he's running trying to find a place of significance. And then he reaches this certain place to stop for the night because he's running and he is tired of running and he finds this place to stop for the night and he didn't have his my pillow he had to find a stone and put it under his head for a place to rest while he slept and I want you to know when you're using a rock for a pillow you're in a tough place you're in a tough place and there's so many people who are in need of comfort and the best they can do is just try to find something to rest on just try to find anything to lay their head on because it's too much. It's so much going on. And Jacob has reached this certain place in his life. And he grabs this stone for his pillow. And while he sleeps, there's a dream. And in his dream, there's this stairway from heaven connecting with earth. And angels are going up and down their stairway. And at the top of the stairway, there is the Lord. I want you to know when you have a dream like that, it ain't what you ate. Am I right? It wasn't because you watched CSI Las Vegas and it got gory. Amen? It's because there's something that God is trying to show this young man, trying to get his attention. Remember, there is a legacy that is there. His grandfather is Abraham. His father is Isaac. And now here he is, Jacob, who is running because of his deception, who is running because of his lying, who is running because of something that he has been doing, something that he has done. And now he finds himself in a certain place, just trying to find rest for his running soul. And he has this dream. And in the dream, it was in that place where God begins to speak to him and begins to talk to him about his future, about his life. And God promises to be with him. 
God promises people that will be his descendants, that he will be blessed. God promises to watch over him and bring him back into this promised land. And he awakens the next morning and he says, this is the place. This is the place. And can I tell you that there is a place that God is trying to get you to? There is a place that God is trying to get you to in your life that you have been trying to find. And we thought we would find our place in this. We thought we would find it in our career. We thought we would find it in a relationship. We thought we would find it in a business opportunity. We thought we would find our place. But that is not the place that defines you. That is not the place that God has been trying to get you to. The place that he has been trying to get you to is the place where he speaks to you. Maybe some of the things that you're walking through now will be what leads you to the place. It was in that place he called it the house of God. And that really got my attention because of all things that he could call it, he says, this is the house of God. And it was in that place, the house of God, that he has this dream where heaven is touching earth. It was in this place that he has this dream and God speaks to him about many people that will come forth from him. It was in that place that God blessed him. It was in that place that God promised him. And his description of that place became, this is the house of God. And that one verse, how awesome is this place? This is the house of God. When you hear the context of where it's coming from, you realize what it's meaning to him because this wasn't just any place. This was the place that he has been trying to get to, the place that he didn't even know he needed to get to, but God was taking him there. And when he got in that place, this is where a God encounter happens that will change his life forever. A dream of people. Living in the promise of God. Now watch this. We all have a dream place in our mind. We do. I'm not being weird. Trust me. I'm not about to say, let's go have a bunch of dreams. Follow me with this, okay? We're not doing dream weaver. None of that, okay? Just roll with me, okay? But we all have a dream place in mind to travel to someday. We all have a dream place in mind of where we would like to live. Come on, I want 40 acres. Big, wide open, sprawling property with an estate home on it. You know, we could go down the list of all the things that we're dreaming about. We got a few real estate guys in here. It's like, call me, call me. If you see them walking around with cards after church, just say, hey, this is the house of God, house of God. We all have this place, but have you ever thought that the house of God could be the dream place? Have you ever once thought that, that the dream that God has for you could be given to you in the house of God? Think of this. This is what's happening right here with Jacob. Because he was trying to figure out where's the blessed place at for my life. And he has been chasing it. He's been running after it. And in his attempts to get it, he's been deceiving. He's been lying. He's been conspiring. He's been doing whatever it takes to make it. Because it's a tough world we're living in. He's doing all of this. But then he has this encounter with God. And he says, this is the house of God. 
the house of God is a picture of the church. Not a building, but people. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit is how it's explained to us in the New Testament, which means you are the house that God wants to live in. This is the place where God wants to dwell. God doesn't dwell in buildings. This building right here, who knows what all it's been used for? I have no clue. I'm sure there were some dealings going on in here that would not fit into a Sunday morning context. Can I hear an amen? But that's all right. We bring in redemption to this place. But the most important place, though, is here. It's in our heart. That's where God wants to live and dwell. And what I see in this story is God was getting to the heart of the matter with Jacob, but had to get him in the right place. And I believe God has a dream for his church, but they got to get in the right place. We've got to get ourselves in the right place. Can I tell you, God has a dream for you. God has a dream for this church. This isn't positive speaking. This is knowing the Lord. Amen. God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for your family. God has a dream for your future. And we can live our lives chasing something unknown, or we can seek God and let the Holy Spirit reveal to us what God already knows. And God can give it to us through a dream. Do you believe that today? Now, we all have significant places in our lives that prompt some memories, places that's been a huge part of our lives. I will always remember Gatlinburg, Tennessee, because that was where Cynthia and I went on our honeymoon. Gatlinburg, great place. Too many tourists now, but it was awesome. That was a key place in our life. I will always remember Gonzales, Louisiana. That's where we grew up. It was a certain place. But what is the place that you're in right now? Where do you find yourself? Maybe you're trying to figure out where is your place or what is your place. No matter where you are geographically, I believe the house of God, the church, is the place where God wants us to be. Amen? And I believe the church is a place where God wants to give people some dreams of what he can do in their life and through their life to touch people. And today, I say it like this. Emerge Church is a place where God wants to give people dreams. This is a place where God wants you to begin to see the possibilities of what he can do in your life, even though you got a past, even though you got a little mess you're still trying to clean up. This is a place where you can look forward and see the redemption, where you can look forward and see that God can turn it around, where you can look forward and see it's not over yet. This is our church. Come on. That's the kind of church that I want to belong to. Amen. That's why I can say that's my church where God can give me a dream that is stronger than my memories. Because I got a lot of memories of what used to be and what I did and where I've been and what I went through. And I got enough of the memories. I need a dream for where this thing is going. Amen. Because he's not finished. It's my church, a place where God can give you a dream, where you can see the possibilities of what he can do in the situation, a place where you can see what God can potentially do in your life personally, and not just with you, but also through you. 
Because this guy, Jacob, it wasn't just what God was about to do for him. It was God, what God was about to do through him as well. And when you look at the story, you got to feel for the guy a little bit. Because even though he comes from this family with this faith legacy, he's struggling because he doesn't fit the mold. He doesn't fit the picture just right. But yet, God still had a dream for him. And God gave him a dream. And that place where he had the dream, he said, this is the house of God. How awesome in this place. God is here. Think of this. If people knew that the house of God, the church, was a place where dreams are revealed to us, possibilities of restoration and healing. If people understood that this is the place where redemption is found and it can be turned around, there would not be buildings big enough to contain the people that would be running to the house of God. But too many times we're living off of memories of how it used to be and what it used to be like and how I like it to go instead of looking at the possibilities of what God can do right now and what he can. And he said it. I Behold, I do a new thing. Behold, I do a new thing. And when God does a new thing, we get thrown out because it's like, I'm just used to the same old, same old. Because we find comfort in same. We find comfort in pain. Because it becomes an identity for us. It becomes a way of getting attention. And listen, we don't just need attention. We need healing. We need breakthrough. Amen? Amen. Amen. Two important things to know about Emerge Church. I know this is, I mean this for the church in general, but I'm customizing it for our church. It's almost like sitting down and having a little family meeting where I just want the family to know, hey, this is how we roll. You know what I'm saying? you got to do that sometimes with the family. And if you're a guest at our house today, just sit in on the family meeting. Amen? Just sit in on it and you'll get fired up too. But I just want to have like a family meeting to help us to know what we're here for and what this is all about so that our tradition won't hold us hostage to what we've always known. But we can step into something that God wants to do right now in this day, in this hour that can turn our lives around. Because I don't know about you, but I got enough of the same old, same old, same old hurting. Come on. The same old struggles, the same old depression. I got enough of it and I'm ready to take a step. Are you ready? to take a step. There is a dream that God has for us. So two important things to know about Emerge Church. The first thing is this. We meet with God. We meet with God. And this is a church, this is a place where people can come and meet with God. That is the most important meeting that you can attend in all of your life is a meeting with God. And this place, this church, this certain place, even though people slept on the rock last night, even though they are in a tough place, a hard place, and they're looking for comfort, but they're sleeping on a rock, they can come in this house and meet with God and meet the comforter. Amen? So why are we here today? Well, we're here today because we want to meet with God. That's why we came. It's not my tradition that brought me here, although I understand faithfulness and I preach it. We should be faithful. Do you believe that? 
Come on. We should be. Tradition is great until it tells you what to do. We're here because I want to meet with God. Because I haven't found love like that anywhere else. Amen? And of course I want to meet with him. And why don't we just give other people the opportunity to come and meet with God? That's what we're about. Come and meet with God. And so God brings you here every Sunday, every time you come, because he wants to meet with you. And if you meet with him, perhaps he'll unveil the dream he has for you. See, everybody wants the dream of God, but they don't want to meet with God. And you know how we have this little conversation all the time and our like, oh, the key to family is communication. And then we say the key to good business, you got to have good communication in it. Well, the key to the dream that God has for you is communication. But communication starts with a meeting with God. Amen. So what's interesting is Jacob, he got to the place. He was looking for a pillow. But after he encountered God, it became a pillar. You want to talk about redemption. You want to talk about a turnaround where the hard place became something that was, it was building him. It was something that God was using to build his life and he didn't see it all along. Come on. It went from a pillow to a pillar. What if, what if as a church we help people to to build some things in their life from what was the need for a pillow and it turns into, I now stand like a pillar, strong. That's my church. That's our church. That's what we are here for. But the key is, is, is meeting with God. Watch this. Jacob was just looking for a place of comfort, but in that place, he encountered God. A God encounter changed his life. And in that place, that's where he made his father's faith his faith. This is important because now we're talking about another generation that is now walking in the faith. There's a lot of things that we need to tell the next generation. Do y'all believe that? But that generation will only hear what they saw us encounter. We cannot become a church that just knows how to tell them. We must be a church that shows them how to meet with God. We must show them. We cannot just be a church that tells them like it is. We got to show them who he is. Amen. We've got to show them to help them to meet with God. That puts us in this place as a church that we operate with a mission of we set up God encounters. That's what we do. We set up God. When we have church in here on Sundays, you know what we're doing? We're just setting up God encounters for people. Everyone who serves on our dream team, let me tell you what you're doing. You're setting up God encounters. You say, well, I was just in the nursery. You're setting up a God encounter for the kid, and you're setting up a God encounter for their mom. Because if mom had to hold the kid the whole time, the kid wants to play on the tablet and play on the phone, and mama's trying to listen because she needs Jesus after last week. So we serve to set up God encounters. Come on. That's what we do as a church. So we meet with God. Here's the second thing we, we got to know. Because not only do we meet with God, we are a move of God. 
well, this is next level stuff. We are a move of God. Most people, it's all about the meeting. It's all about the meeting. It's all about the meeting. But I want you to know church is, it always has been, and always will be a movement. It is much more than just meetings. The meetings are important, but the meetings are supposed to produce movement. And the last thing we need is a bunch of people with spiritual opinions about the Bible. We need people of action who actually live out what the Bible says so that the next generation could see this is legit. This is real. It is worth carrying over to another generation because it's not just what God wants to do for me. It's what God wants to do what? Through me. Through me. Through me. So church is a move of God. Emerged church isn't just a meeting on Sundays. This is a move of God. And it's a, it's a church where God is moving in us, but God is moving through us. And we're a church that's moving with the Holy Spirit. We're following the lead of the Holy Spirit, and we're moving in God's direction. And whenever you follow the lead of the Holy Spirit, he gives you visions and he gives you dreams. I'm not talking about this weird conspiracy theory stuff that people dive into the little wormhole, rabbit hole, and try to predict the rest of the world. And I, No, no, no. You don't need to worry about predicting the world. Just get your house right. Amen. Amen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if a lot of houses do that, we'll see revival in the land. We'll see change come to our nation. Amen? We're too busy trying to crack the code. We need to crack the Bible. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm fired up, man. have a lot of memories growing up in church man some good stuff happened growing up in church I got amazing youth group men, uh, memories youth camp memories just awesome things that happened in my life growing up in church I know that's not everybody's story that's my story it was awesome man there were some great examples some men and women of God who could pray you through anything seriously they walked through hell and kept aiming for heaven. They didn't give up. And I'm thankful that God exposed me to that. Were there some people that came along that needed some, some attention? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But it's not going to overshadow the people that had their attention set on the Lord. And that were leading a good example for people to follow. And I have a ton of those memories, man, of how God moved and what God did. But I don't want to just live my life with memories and telling my kids how good it used to be. Oh, I remember our youth group. I remember our church. No, no, no. I want them to see in this day and this hour what God is doing. I'm not looking for memories anymore. I'm looking for a dream. Amen. And I think that's what we're all looking for, too. Because we can all look back and say how good it used to be. But can I tell you, God is still on the move. God is still working. God is still doing miracles. Well, if God was doing it, we'd see it more often. You need to get moving so you can see it. You're stuck in yesterday. Let's go. It's time to get moving. We're a church that is moving. We're dreaming of a move of God for the next generation. Amen? Not just trying to do a meeting. Some of you, you got enough meetings in a week. You don't need another meeting. Amen. Amen? Tired of meetings. Well, meetings without movement make you tired. But if there's a movement and you see it's going somewhere, you see it's changing your life, you say, let's go. 
even if you're tired. That's what church is. It's a move of God that started 2,000 years ago on the day of Pentecost, and it's still going. God is still moving. His church will prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's still going. Look at your neighbor and say, we're still going. We're still going. Look at your other neighbor and say, we got to keep going, too. We got to keep going. Now, I got to show you this because this is where I, I need to wrap up. I need to wrap up because we got to baptize your people. I don't know how to take that. Amen. I don't know if that means stop, preacher. Let's baptize. I know who said it. We're going to talk to him after church. He might be sleeping on a rock tonight. Oh, let's go. Anyway, all right, back to the message. Let's be nice. Some of y'all like, that's my church. (laughs) In Genesis 28, what we read is Jacob the son of Isaac, the grandson of Abraham, has this dream because he was in that in-between place running because he knows he's not where he is supposed to be, but he doesn't know where he's supposed to go. He's running from his brother Esau. He's running from his past, but he's chasing significance. When you keep reading, though, when you get to Genesis 35, this is after the dream and after the encounter, after he set up the the rock that he used for a pillow and turned it into the pillar, he pours oil on it to signify the that this place is not just any place. This place is significant. And when he... We pick up in Genesis 35. We see that Jacob went back to Bethel. But this time he wasn't going there as an in-between place. But he was going there to live. He was going there to dwell. Because he reached a place where he realized that his running wasn't getting him to the place. And there's a lot of people that's all about let's keep going, let's keep going. And that should be your drive. But you got to know where you're going. And out of all the places he had ran, he had finally found the place. But this time with his family there, he begins to make some changes in his life. And this is where it gets real. Because now that he's reached the place, there's perspective in his life. And what has happened in his family through the years of his running They've picked up idols. And the context in which we hear that, we often think, I don't know of anyone who's bowing down to an idol. That's in these other countries. Well, in America, it's much more subtle because we make idols out of good things. We make idols out of things and assign them power in our lives and don't realize how much power it actually has over us. And Jacob saw the idols in his family. But when he brought them to that place, they had to get rid of all the idols. When they reached that place, they had to get rid of all, watch this, all the other things that they were depending on for their happiness, all the other things that they were depending on trying to find the place 
trying to find this, trying to find that, trying to find an identity, trying to find where they belong, trying to find all these things that become so important to them. And it may be important, but if it's before God, it is very important that you get it out of his way. And so now that they're in this place, the house of God, where he had this God encounter, where God gave him a dream, there's a revelation that all these things that I built in my life trying to get what only God can give were simply not enough. I have realized that only God is enough. And now all these other idols that I was leaning on, depending on the finances, the business, come on, I can keep going all day. The activities, come on, fill our lives with activities so we don't have to work on the marriage. Because we don't know how to be home together. Fill the lives with activities because we're not good as parents and we're afraid our kids are going to go crazy and we don't know how to handle that on Thursday night unless we have this program we can bring them to and that program we can bring them to. I love you enough to tell you this because these are the idols that are being built all across our country. And they come in the forms of activities. And we're wondering, where is the next generation going? Where are they going to be at when it comes to their encounters with God when they're never in the house of God to have a dream placed in their heart that's going to hold them in place to carry the faith from the previous generation into the next generation while we as adults hold on to our memories of what used to be and how we like. I wish they played that old song, not even thinking that we move all of heaven and earth for our kids to have an opportunity on that team to have an opportunity opportunity in that class but when it comes to the house of God we want it the way it used to be instead of the way it needs to be to reach the next generation come on man I'm gonna preach that because I love you too much not to tell you the truth while we just keep cycling around like a carousel acting like we're at a circus and everything is great while a whole generation is looking saying what are you doing where are we going and it's just circle after circle circle after circle Trip after trip, person after person, house after house, car after car. This is what happened in this place, though, and this is what you got to see. In that place, the house of God, Jacob set up an altar. He set up an altar, and an altar is a place where you lay something down. There's a lot of people that want the dream, but they don't want to lay anything down. And I know the Lord is dealing with hearts today. And as soon as I said that, you know, there's things that you need to lay down. You've been justifying drinking alcohol and you got to lay it down. You've been justifying vaping and you know you got to lay down. You're like, you sound old school. I sound real school because we're playing We're playing with little things that give us temporary comfort. When God has given us the comforter of the Holy Spirit, we're we're getting high off of news feeds. We're getting high off of social media feeds. We're like an old man with a remote control, don't know what he wants to watch. We just keep flipping channels. Why? Because we're trying to find the place. And this is the place that God's been trying to get you to. And it's his house. It is his house. And in that place, that's where Jacob, he builds an altar. And this was the day where it changed for him. Because it was in that place that God spoke to him to tell him who he was. You can go home and read it, Genesis 35. He said, your name has been Jacob, which means deceiver. No offense if your name's Jacob. 
I still love you. We don't see you like that. That was his life. But he said, today, your name will be Israel. Watch this, watch this. Today, you'll be more known for where you're going than where you've been. Somebody in here needed to hear that today. Because you would say, Pastor Wade, I feel like I've been riding the carousel forever. And I see all the scenes. I see glimpses. But it seems to cycle right right back to the way it's always been. We circle back and dive back into all of the stuff that keeps us busy because we don't know how to deal with ourselves. Just get really busy at work. At least that's a good thing. But really, a lot of that is because we don't know how to do us. We're just riding the carousel. That day, though, when he built that altar, he laid down who he was. And he took on who God wanted him to be. That's our church. This is the place where people can lay down who they were to take on who God wants them to be. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you came in here. You came maybe to come see someone get baptized or you knew, I I, I just need to be in church. But you didn't know that God was wanting to meet with you. You didn't realize that the reason you came was to have a meeting with God. Because God wants to help you see the possibilities of what he can do in you, for you, and through you. But here's the thing. It's in places like this where you got to build that altar and say, I'm laying it down. I'm laying down the things that I've used as my crutch, the things that I've been using trying to find life because I got a new life source. It was there all along. God just had to get me to the place. When I was a kid growing up in church, many of you will recognize this. There was a part of the service called the altar call. An altar call has taken on so many different meanings and expressions. And there's the crew that says, that's what's wrong with the church. They don't have altar calls anymore. There's those people too. But I can remember as a child growing up in church and seeing men coming down to the front of the congregation in front of everybody. And many of you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And get on their knees before God in front of the congregation and repent of their sins. Walk into the front of a congregation in front of everyone, knowing that there were people in the, in the room that were probably thinking, well, I wonder what he did. While they were doing the same thing and just didn't go up there. But it was people who said, I need a meeting with God because I can't keep living like I've been living. Been trying to find the place, the place, the place, striving, trying to show how great we are, but we know I got to change. I'm I'm, I'm projecting greatness, but if you saw my heart, you wouldn't see greatness. You would see just gross. I 
And as I was preparing this message, the Lord said it's time for his people to return to the altar. The place, not just where they're getting all the new stuff. God bless me, God bless me, God bless me. But it's God, I'm laying down some things. I'm laying down the way that I've been speaking. And I'm going to change how I talk. I'm laying down my temper because it ain't working. I'm laying down the manipulation where I thought I can talk everybody into it. I'm laying it down because it's dishonest. I'm laying down the things that I have used as my crutch so that I can embrace the things that you want to do in my life. It's time for the church to return to the altar so that our worship isn't just with our mouth, but is truly with our hearts. Every head bowed, every eye closed in this room. Because there's people sitting here today that need redemption. You've been running trying to get to the place and today God's like, I've met you there. You ran right into him. And if you're here today and you know it's the day, this is the place, this is the time, this is the moment right here. I know it, I know it, I know it. And you can tell because the Holy Spirit is just all over you right now. And you know today is the day to surrender your life to Christ. I'm not just talking about y'all go get saved. No, I'm talking about surrendering your life completely to Christ, following Jesus, allowing him to change things, not live like you were and get credit for walking the aisle. But I'm talking about allowing God to change your heart and to change our minds, to change the way we speak, change the way we live. Perhaps you've hit rock bottom because you've been running. But now you're in this place and God said it's time. If you're here today and say, Pastor Wade, I have to surrender my life to Jesus today. It's the day. I just want you to lift a hand right now. Anyone else? Come on. They're going up all across the room. Anyone else? I got to surrender my life. Not just get saved. Surrender my life to Jesus. For some of you, there's a point of obedience that you stopped at. God told you to do something and you've run from it. But you know, I got to surrender. This is what I want to do. Old school altar call. Because the Lord said to do it. If today is the day of surrender, I want you to step up out of your seats and come and kneel at this front of the stage, which will represent an altar. It's like, Pastor Wade, we don't do stuff like that. Yeah, we do. And today is the day you trade it, the sorrow. Today is the day you lay it down. Today is the day that this is it. I'm not staying the same. Today is the day it changes. Today is the day I don't let that control me anymore because I'm coming to the altar and I'm laying it down. There's some good things we need to lay down. There's some good things. I know there's some good things we need to lay down. There's some entertainment that we need to lay down. There's some mindsets that have come from being offended and being hurt that we need to lay down today. 
Come on. Today is the day. Today is the day of surrender. But today is the day that dreams. I'm praying God gives us dreams. Gives you dreams. Come on. If you're on a prayer team, you know somebody down here. That's your brother or sister in the Lord. And you just want to put a hand on them. You can come behind them today. Don't be invasive. Just be supportive. Anyone else? You know today is the day. Today is the day to surrender. Come on, this is a life-changing day. For those who are guests, just bear with us. Because this is a group of people that's going to be baptized potentially next time. Today is the day. Today is the day. Today is the day of surrender. The rest of the crowd, won't you stand to your feet this morning? Just stretch a hand towards them down here. Stretch a hand and pray. Because there are some battles being fought right here. Because they're laying some things down. And those old ways, those old traditions are saying, no, don't let me go, don't let me go. But the dream that God's putting in their heart is saying, let it go and let's go. Let it go and let's go. Father, we pray over every person down here this morning. They're down here to surrender, to lay it down, to give it up so that they can go where you're leading them. And I just pray today will be the moment that it changes. Never the same from this moment on today. A new heart and a new mind, a new soul, a new strength today. Healing flowing in Jesus' name. God, give them dreams, possibilities of what you can do. Help them to see, God, where you're leading them, where you're taking them. Thank you, Lord, that today, laying it down, laying it down. I want to ask the church to repeat this prayer after me. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Today, I want to lead you in a prayer to take that step. Say, Dear Lord, thank you for loving me and laying down your life on the cross so that I can find new life. I admit to you today, I'm a sinner and I need you to save me. I ask you to forgive me, to wash me clean and make me new. I put my faith and trust in you as my Lord, as my leader. I will follow you. I will allow you to change me, to make me who you want me to be. I surrender to you now. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.